Welcome to Align Sacred Alchemy, a space to share stories to uplift, energize, and spark your awakening in remembering your unique brand of magic. We talk about all things energy, ethical, healthy, and inclusive manifesting, being in a state of receiving, and how to courageously manifest on purpose to live the life you are truly capable of living. Join me for each episode as we tap into your inner guidance and inspiration from conversations that we have to remember why we are all here and how we get to honor ourselves so that we can all enjoy our journey along our soul's path. Welcome back to this episode of the Aligned Sacred Alchemy podcast, where I'll be taking you through a journey to tune into your soul's path and how it's connected to your unique manifesting style. I want to talk to you about your soul path and the soul essence amplification that gets to occur when you are treading on that path, on your unique path. Let's begin by talking about what exactly is your soul's path in the context that I speak about it and in relation to manifesting, to courageously and confidently step into manifesting in only the way that you can. So your soul path is, from my perspective, your creative expression of your true soul's essence. It's the intricate tapestry of everything that is unique about you. And that includes your desires, your purpose, your lived experiences, your unique energetic signature and flows because it's very, very unique for each and every one of us. It includes the lineage you come from, your heritage, what is your background, the culture that you were brought up in, and there's so much more. And as I say this, I really invite you to tune into how much is related to that uniqueness and your own soul's path. And as you do, can you see how when you account for all of these different things about you, it's such an individual thing that there can't possibly be a one-size-fits-all framework for manifesting. There just can't be because we're so unique, because we come from different backgrounds and as a result of our backgrounds, our lineage, our culture, all of those things, we have extremely different lived experiences and therefore a unique way of how we perceive the world, of how we even experience the world how we experience ourselves in the world, how you show up in the world. And just to further illustrate this, think about the people you grew up with, 
Okay, your close family members, if you have siblings or cousins or your parents or your caregivers, the people you befriended when you were really little, think about those people and conjure up in your mind in this moment one instance of an experience that a shared experience that you had with these people. And I'm willing to bet that if you ask these people their version of that experience, that very same thing that you also went through, that you shared that experience together, that they will come up with a different version of what happened. If you've got siblings, then I'm willing to bet that there are instances that you've shared and experiences that you've shared together. But when you speak about it, when you reminisce about those things, they're different. At least that's the case for me. It's led to lots of heated arguments, debates, and just incredulousness when sometimes I'm hearing back an experience that we all shared from my sisters. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Are you talking about the same thing? And they have those experiences with me when I'm sharing my stories and my version of events and what happened from my perspective. And they're looking at me incredulously thinking, hold on a minute, are you talking about the same thing as we are? So if you could relate to this, I would love to hear from you. It's always so interesting. Hit me up on Instagram, DM me and send me a DM if you can relate to this. Have you had experiences that when you're sharing about the past, that people who were involved with those experiences are now saying to you, oh, that's not exactly what happened. That's you're wrong there. No, this is what happened. Or maybe you're the one who's saying, oh, no, 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 that's not how it happened. This is the way it went down. Let me know about that. So when you start putting all of these things together and you start layering all of these bits and pieces together, then you can see that those experiences and the way that you perceive the world, it is related to and directly connected to your unique energy flows, how you're processing that information as it's going on. And that's going to be very different, all right? And this is the reason why I keep talking about stepping into your unique way of embodied and empowered manifesting. Because there is no way that your way is going to be exactly the same as another's. That's my belief anyway. What I believe is that there may be some crossover, there may be some overlap between the frameworks or the processes that you may choose to use in your own framework, of course. And if you're looking for long-term sustainable approaches to creating a manifesting framework that allows you to move beyond the one-hit wonder manifesting, as I call it, which is the, oh, you know, I've manifested this parking spot or a bottle of perfume and you're ready to manifest beyond just those small little things. Not that those things are insignificant, but if you're looking to manifest your bigger vision, 
you need to have a process that allows the sustainability for the longevity. And that process can only come when you step into your unique and embodied way of empowered manifesting. And the good news is that blueprint already exists within you. It just requires activating. And so this is one of the reasons why I keep on talking about stepping into your unique way, because as a collective, we have now outgrown some of the older methods. Have you noticed that within your own manifesting practices, where you're using tools that once worked really, really well, and they may not be working as well for you right now? As I reflect back on my own journey over 15 years ago now, I remember reading The Secret. That's where my journey really began. And how to visualize your dreams, your desires into your physical reality. At that stage in my life, it was working, quote unquote, because it allowed me at that time in my life to unplug from a really dark place where I was swimming around in these murky waters of feeling as though this was my life and I just needed to accept it, that there was nothing that I could do about it, that I had been dealt a really crappy card and I just had to deal with it. It was this place of powerlessness that I was swimming in back then, of there's nothing that I can do, this is just the way my life is and I just need to make the best out of a bad situation kind of thing. And so in the early years, for me, knowing about all these tools and about the possibility that just by changing your mindset or just by being a little bit more grateful and all the things that I was learning at that stage of my life allowed me to claw back some of that power that I had outsourced to others. I started to realize that I actually have a lot more control of this situation than I originally thought that I did. Up until that point, I was living in this choiceless universe where it was, I could only do these things and that's just the way it was that's just because that's that was my karma or this was what I was destined for or that because I had been trying to manifest at the time it was my soulmate and it just wasn't happening or my job in in my career and it just kept going pear-shaped for me where I would be struggling with so much and it was all kind of happening for me At once, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck and I just couldn't catch a break. And so it helped me back then to move from that depression and that darkness of there's nothing I can do about this into sparking a possibility that actually there may be another way out, even though I didn't necessarily believe in it entirely even though back then I wasn't necessarily embodied in it. But in that first stage of my journey, of my transformation, at least the possibility had awoken. And that was where the activation first began for me. However, as I started to 
use these tools and I started learning more as I started training in different modalities and learning and pieces of the puzzle started to fall in. And I had these tools now, which I was using. I was using affirmations. I was doing the mindset work and it was shifting. It was shifting. It was helping me in some way. And so I had a little bit of progression, but then I started to hit a plateau from being really excited when I was first beginning to use these tools and I would experiment with them to manifest that parking space or manifest no traffic on my journey to work and only green lights all the way. And those things were beginning to happen. I was getting really excited and I was seeing it work. I was experiencing this, these weird and wonderful tools that I was using, they were actually working. And it got to a stage where it kind of plateaued for me because I got to this stage where I was like, oh, cool. okay, now I can manifest parking spots. I know that and green traffic lights all the way so I can avoid the traffic and things like that. And there was more that I desired. I still wasn't manifesting my soulmate at the time I was meeting guys and they... (laughs) was stringing me along and there was all sorts of dramas that were going on. I was meeting people through the connections of my friends they were who were setting me up. I was meeting people through the connection of my family because at that point I had given up and I thought, well, clearly I'm not getting this right and I can't find my own person. So I actually invited my family to help me connect with people. Something that I vowed that I would never do, that if I was ever going to be in a relationship that I wanted it to, I wanted to choose someone for myself. I wanted it to be that classic, I meet this person, we fall in love, and then we get married. And it wasn't going to be an arranged marriage or an introduction by the family kind of thing as is done typically in the brown culture. I was actually really, really against that because I wanted to find my own person, but it wasn't happening. And so at this stage where I had manifested the parking spaces and all these little things, bottles of perfume and even holidays and free cups of coffee and the likes of that sort of thing. But my big vision was to meet someone who I could create magical memories with. I wanted someone who would take me exactly as I was, warts and all, that they could accept me for who I am. And at the time, I was living with such shame around not being successful. And of course, at this point, my measure of success was what was dictated by my peers, by my family, by the culture that I was born into. Um, by what societal norms were in my world back then, which was by the age of 24, 25, you should be married, that you should be well on your way to having your own family and, you know, being a really good wife to someone, a really good daughter-in-law to someone else. And here I was rapidly approaching 27 and no sign of any of that happening. I had for the longest time always envisioned that I would have all my children, my two children, by the age of 28. And here I was at the age of 27 and I still hadn't found anyone. And I was regularly, regularly 
reminded by the people in my family and close family friends how you really need to get a move on. You ain't no spring chicken and it's going to be slim pickings for you. That's the measure of success that I was defining my life with and therefore felt undervalued. I felt that I wasn't good enough, that I had to conform to what these guys were expecting from me. And so each time I would get into this dynamic or go on a date or be introduced to a guy, whatever the setup was, I was contorting myself into what they wanted me to be. And then at the same time, I needed to also be what my friends and my family expected of me. And so you can imagine if you've ever done this, you will know how exhausting it is when you're trying to make all these other people happy. And in the process, you're losing yourself. Because then that's when you open yourself up to these situations where you are so far away from what you actually desire that inadvertently you don't manifest it. And and you don't manifest it. And this is all happening unconsciously, by the way. And you don't manifest it not because you're not good enough, not because it's not your divine timing, not because you don't want it enough, not because you haven't tried and you're not being positive enough or you're not affirming, which were all the things that I used to think. And certainly not because it's not in your destiny, in your kismet, as the brown culture calls it. It is simply because that definition of success is not yours. That path that you have now embarked upon is no longer your soul's path. It is the path of all these different people who you're listening to, who have been projecting and who are holding all of these insane expectations on you. And you are trying, at least I was at the time anyway, let me know if you can relate to this. I was trying so hard to be the version of me that whoever was sitting in front of me wanted me to be, whether it was the guys that I was meeting, whether it was my parents, whether it was my managers, my colleagues, my friends, my family members, whoever it was, it was I was taking on these different roles and identities based on who I was in closest proximity to at that time. That's what happens. You get locked into using other people's measure of successes or the societal norms and all of these things to create your desires, to set a foundation upon which you are creating your own desires. And here's the thing, if those desires are not really your heartfelt desires, if that's not what you actually want, if you cannot get your energy behind that desire because you're not all in, then good luck. Good luck manifesting that. What changed for me, and this was probably the key change that I had to make, and it was something I wasn't really aware of. I didn't know what I know now at the time. Mine came out of anger, out of frustration. When I got to a stage where I was so fed up being strung along by these guys, I was fed up of the high expectations that I 
repeatedly was not meeting for my family over and over and over again. So I felt pretty rubbish about myself. I felt as though I was a failure in every context of the term. And so I decided to do things my way. And I let go of the expectations. I let go of the fact that I was no spring chicken. And I resigned myself like, if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. But I'm no longer willing to compromise and still be kicked around, still be exploited, still be taken advantage of by everyone and not feel happy from within. That's where things really started to move and shift for me. And at that stage is where I found these tools to be more positive and to the typical standard manifesting practices that most of you will probably have come across at one point of your life or another and doing the mindset work and doing all of those things until I then reached my next plateau where I'd come out of that, I had manifested my soulmate and now wanted something bigger. Now it was not about the soulmate stuff, but it was something about I wanted more in my life. I wanted more meaning. I knew I was here for bigger, better things. And even though I couldn't quite put my finger on it, I didn't know what that thing was. I just knew there had to be more to life than what I was doing, the daily grind. You know, I had got married. On the outset, it looked like I had ticked all the boxes and... All those measures of success, which I was previously defining myself with, I'd done all of those things. I'd achieved those. I'd, I had all the accolades beneath my belt and I was still intrinsically not happy. I still intrinsically was not fulfilled. And then I started to think there was something wrong with me because I had this beautiful family I finally managed to get that. We are going traveling. All the things that I wanted to do as a child, I was doing them. And I still was yearning for something more. And that's where I started to really understand my soul's path and really consciously step into following my soul's path. And that's where everything in my life changed. Everything. But what it took for me to move through that transformation and into my breakthrough was not actually the mindset work, the the manifesting tool, the standard, the more popular teachings and all of that kind of thing. It was when I started to upgrade the way I was approaching manifesting. And my clients will tell you, that when I am teaching them or guiding them through manifesting, I actually don't guide people on how to manifest, really. Because manifesting is just such an individual journey. And for it to just be encompassed and umbrellaed under this term that we have created collectively in the spiritual and self-development kind of arena of manifesting... It conjures up this expectation from a lot of us that it means that you just have to think positively. It means you need to change your mindset. It means you need to visualize. It means that you need to maybe do a little bit of healing work. And it's not taking into account that 
we are in a different energy right now. And those things and those practices that you may have been using years and years ago, not only have you as a person, as an individual, may have outgrown, but the energy that is present now on the planet that is available to each and every one of us, if we choose it, it's also outgrown that. And so if you have been using manifesting tools and practices that in the past have worked for you and worked really well for you, but you're finding it frustrating because either they're not working as well or they're not working to bring in and call in your bigger visions, then it may be because you need to upgrade the way that you're approaching manifesting. I find it really amusing that so many of us rush to get the newest model of the latest gadgets, phones, devices, TVs, computers, the list is kind of endless, right? There's so many things that are always being upgraded, your washing machine, your microwaves, your ovens, the, the way you decorate your home, all of these things. We, and we upgrade those things on a regular basis. And yet we're reluctant to upgrade ourselves, our desires, the way that we're approaching and we get to manifest and actualize what you really desire. The things that set us up for true success and deep fulfillment, soul level fulfillment in our lives. We're reluctant to upgrade all those things. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, right? When you think about it in that context. As I say this, reflect right now. When was the last time that you actually checked in with your desires? Are they even relevant to you now? Maybe there are things that you once wanted and you really desired. And right now, either they're not a priority in your life or it's not actually relevant to you. You don't want that anymore. I'll tell you a little story. When I first began earning money, the new Audi A1 was out. It was a new car. They'd only released the prototype and I fell in love with that car. I so desperately wanted that to be my first car that I bought as soon as I had my first paying job. And long story short, Back then, I had a lot of debts to pay. I came out with a student debt. And so I was focusing on clearing all of that. And in my mind, I thought, one day I'm going to have that A1. I really, really want that. And it was on my vision board. I had it. I would wake up every morning and it was right there. I knew exactly what color I wanted, all the gadgets and gizmos within it. I would visualize myself driving it, what it would feel like, what kind of seats, what it would feel like to have the heated seats, which is one of the things that I wanted. And I even went to the showrooms to have a feel to sit down in a car. You know, all the things that you're taught in manifesting to do, feel it, go and experience it and imagine that you are in that reality and all of that kind of stuff. I did it all and it never happened. So all of these years later, I went years and years without having that car. And just a couple of weeks ago, 
My husband said to me, hey, would you like the A1 now? Because I had shared with him that I once wanted the A1 and we were looking at getting it just before my daughter was born. And then, of course, as when I found out I was pregnant, it was no longer something that I wanted because I'd outgrown that desire. Now I needed a car that had boot space because I had all this stuff I needed to carry for my little girl. For a baby, it needed to be baby friendly. So it needed big spaces. I needed to make sure car seat would fit in there. I needed to make sure that pram would then fit in the boot and all sorts of the, if any of you have children or have babysat, you'll know that a small boot is just not practical. My desire to having that car, even though I was really at one point gung ho and I so desired it, I let it go. I realized when my husband asked me only a few weeks ago that as much as I really wanted it and I said to myself, I'm having that, I'm definitely having that one day I will drive an A1. I acknowledged the fact that I'd outgrown that desire. I should no longer want it. I'm in a position now that if I wanted it, I could probably have it. And it just doesn't light me up. It's not something I'm interested in. The fact that I actually don't use a car as often as I used to back then. The fact that I'm chauffeur driven now and I much prefer that. Sat loves to drive me around and I'm perfectly okay with being chauffeured around. You know, so much has changed for me. I've evolved as a person. My life has evolved. My lifestyle has evolved. So why wouldn't my desires And that's really what the crux of it is. Because when you're walking along your soul's path, you will be required to check in with your desires to make sure they're upgraded to where you are in that phase of your journey. Your soul's path is what makes you you because you've trodden that path. It is all the things that you have gone through, you've experienced through your lived experiences. I work with many clients that have deviated from their soul's path and they're trying to manifest some kind of change in their life. These brilliant, very intelligent and otherwise successful people are mostly doing everything they should be doing to manifest. Everything like I was, as the more popular teachings will tell you. And yet, they still struggle to call in their desires into their physical experience. And many people go their whole lives just dreaming or visualizing what they desire, rather than living and experiencing those desires. With all the mindset shifting, the mindset hacks, the healing, the abundance of knowledge about the law of attraction and manifesting out there. Why are more people not manifesting what they truly desire? In a nutshell, it's for no other reason other than that they have deviated from their soul's path along the way. How? How do you deviate from your soul's path then? I hear you asking. I usually find that when I'm working with clients, it's connected to your culture and your upbringing, mostly. 
particularly for people of colour. I personally believe that the more popular manifesting teachings don't always honour and account for the cultural barriers of the lived experiences of the people of colour. It's all too easy to love and light your way into being more positive. But what about the ties that many of us have to our culture where we came from? Our families, our society, to the bonds that you have or the roles that you play as a person of colour in your own communities. They all impact your ability to manifest And if you're not aware of them, if it's all unconscious, you're not really cognitively aware of all of this stuff that may be going on in the background, it's really easy to slide back into the societal norms that have been designed, oftentimes, to keep you in a certain pecking order within your community, within that particular collective. And that is where it gets really frustrating for most people. Because even though they may have already done a lot of the healing and the mindset shifting, they may find that they're still spinning their wheels and feeling frustrated because the bigger vision seems to be just out of reach. And if you could relate to this, you're not alone. That just out of reach feeling is that experience of knowing that it's just there, that you can almost feel it, you can almost taste it, you just know it's about to actualize, but it just doesn't. And if you can relate to any of this, then don't worry, you're not alone. So many of us have been brought up to respect and honor our families, our cultures, but how many of us have been taught to honour ourselves as well. And here's another possibility. What if the best way to honour and respect those that you loved, that you cared about, was to honour yourself first and foremost? Because when you go long enough trying to be the good girl or the good boy under the guise of respect and honour for others, under the respect or honour for your family, for your lineage, for your culture, for your heritage and all the things, it can change who you are at the core of your being. And that is one of the most common ways you get thrown off track from your soul's path. It's what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, how I got thrown off track and started having one disastrous relationship after another and feeling really frustrated. Because it sends signals to others that it's okay to expect you to bend over backwards just to accommodate their needs, just to satisfy their expectations and meet their expectations of you. And when this pattern has occurred over generations, it becomes normalized behavior. And this is when most people start to create an identity based on this normalized behavior which is actually really unnatural and not true to your own true soul's essence. And therefore, it's not on your soul's path. And if you happen 
to be the pattern interrupt, which if you're listening into this podcast, you probably are the pattern interrupt. If you happen to be the pattern interrupt to this pattern, to this normalized behavior in your genetic line, you may find that others become suspicious of your deferring viewpoints. And that's either because they stand to benefit from you being the good girl or the good boy, or because they simply aren't aware or even open that there is another possibility outside of what they have been told by their own elders or leaders or the people that they trust. And so over time, this mask that you begin to wear, it solidifies. It becomes your default setting. That's the space from which you start operating more and more from this unnatural state of being for you rather than being in true alignment to your own soul's essence and magic. Most of your frustrations, upsets and disappointments come from operating from a space that is actually not your own identity. Because when you make choices from there, it's usually in order to respect and honor others as opposed to respecting and honoring yourself. And that leads to trying to pretzel yourself into fitting into a mold that was never meant for you or into a space that you've now outgrown. But you still try to force yourself into that space when deep down you know you've outgrown it. And so that may tend to leave you entering into or staying in the wrong relationships for you, in the wrong job or career path for you, just because that pays the bills. It's a respectable job. It gives you the status within your community, but not actually because you love or enjoy it. Or you stay in those relationships out of respect for others because you don't want to ruffle people's feathers, because you're thinking about your honor, their honor, you're thinking about the repercussions, mostly for other people. So you stay in those wrong relationships or that wrong career path. Or maybe it's because you feel like an outsider and like you don't fit in. And so it leads you into feeling isolated or misunderstood. And that results in you having your barriers up because you feel misunderstood or because you have trust issues stemming from when in the past that you've tried to express yourself and that has led to some form of altercation or disharmony because you have those deferring viewpoints, right? Because you're observing things and you're seeing and perceiving things from a very different perspective than maybe your family. And so what happens? You sacrifice your own happiness for the sake of making others happy, trying to meet their expectations of you. You outsource your power and that dilutes your self-trust and confidence. So you start questioning, you start second-guessing yourself, you start doubting your own true potential. 
if you relate to any of these, if you're like sitting there thinking, oh my God, that's me, that's, I've been doing that. These are all symptoms of being off track from your soul's path. They are the symptoms. They are going to be your key indicators that you are off course. The truth is, it's not your perspective that's wrong or bad or selfish even, because I this is something that I hear a lot from clients is, but isn't that being selfish? Well, in a way, yes, it is. But selfish in the context of how we perceive selfishness as, as a collective, it's not that. It's different. It's just that your perspective is different and you may just see a different possibility than your family or your cultural heritage or values or lineage. And that difference can ruffle people's feathers. So if you're not connected to your own soul's path and essence, then you're setting yourself up for being easily influenced and impacted by the people around you. And that is the reason why so many intelligent and brilliant people who have so much to offer the world and are capable of so much more in their lives shrink themselves and settle for mediocre. What's the solution to that? It's quite simple. Reconnecting to your soul's path. Your soul's path is only ever going to become clear to you when you connect to your true soul's essence. And the essence of your soul only reveals itself when you start to shed all those masks that you've hidden behind, those layers of identities that aren't even yours to begin with, those layers of masks that you may have inherited in life in an attempt to uphold the family or the cultural values or the respect of the family or the honor of the family. Those masks that you've hidden behind which steer you off track from your own soul's path, purpose and true essence. So it stands to reason that in order to reconnect to your path and purpose, one solution is to connect to a community outside of your usual circle, outside of your family or friends. And this does not mean that you need to cut people off entirely. A lot of people think that's what it means, but that's not necessarily what it means. Of course, if it's healthy, if it's required, then yes, absolutely, maybe create space from those people. But it doesn't mean you have to. It simply means that you get to connect to another community where you have a safe space to build and express your own identity. Because this community, they don't know who you are. They don't know your background. They don't have a frame of reference for who you were in the past. So you get a clean slate to create from. You get to have some breathing room to center back to yourself and your own soul's path. And then you can start to do, be, and have all the things that are currently being prevented by you operating from this space or this identity or this mask that has been assigned to you 
that isn't really truly your soul's essence and therefore it's taking you off your soul's path. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, how on earth do I do that? Maybe you're struggling to connect to your soul's path. Maybe you don't know what that means. I'm not going to glamorize it by saying that all you need to do is this magic healing or this one mindset hack and everything falls back into place. Because this is an ongoing journey if you wish to create the lasting and sustainable change. The good news is, as I said before, all the information you need is already encoded within your very DNA. You are the one with the keys to unlock it. So it's not a case of how can I access more information to learn what my soul path or purpose is. It's more that how can I be still? So I get to remember and have it reaffirmed to me as I'm building my self-trust and bringing it into my conscious awareness. How do I get it reaffirmed? How do I get it reflected back at me? And if you'd like some help with that, you're welcome to join me in my membership community, Translate, where I guide people on how to reconnect to their true soul's essence. In that vessel I created, it's specifically for people who are committed to understanding and managing their own energetic signature so they get to activate their unique framework to courageously manifest in and on purpose. I specifically created this container as a collective of consciously collaborative individuals so that you get to connect to a community outside of your usual one where it is safe and you do get nourished, your soul, it's soul nourishment as you learn how to set a solid foundation for your unique manifesting framework. So if that's something that appeals to you and you're thinking, I would really love that, then go check it out. Go to my website, www.divinesacredsoul.com and check out Translate. So to finish up for today, I would invite you to reflect on your true soul's path. What symptoms are showing up in your life that are indicating that you've been thrown off track? Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling dissatisfied with what you're doing? Are you feeling resentful, bitter? Are you spinning your wheels because you're doing all the things that the manifesting world or the standard manifesting practices have been teaching you and you're still stuck. You're still unable to manifest and actualize your bigger vision. Because if this is describing you, if any of this resonates, that's just those symptoms, remember? It's information that you get to have. And once you have that information, you bring it into your cognitive awareness, then you get to reclaim that power. The power that you've been outsourcing for most of your life. You get to claim that back. And once you've reclaimed that, then you can access your soul's essence and embark on your true soul's path. If this episode is speaking to your soul, if you see yourself in any of this, and if you've had insights, light bulb moments and awarenesses, I would love to hear from you. So reach out to me on Instagram, DM me, let me know what's going on for you, what's popping. Let me know what you enjoyed the most. And if you feel that it has inspired you in some way and you know someone in your life that you deeply care about, that you love and you know could use a little bit of inspiration, then do reshare. 
And finally, if you love this content, then subscribe and you'll be informed of when the next episodes are going to be dropping. Until next time, take care as you courageously step into manifesting in and on purpose.